This is a podcast brought to you by The Stress Times and The Business Times. Welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we tackle health tips and the impact of national policies with expert guests. I'm Joyce Teo and my co-host is Ernest Lewis. Today, we ask if drinking coffee will increase the risk of cancer. And joining us to answer this is the medical director and consultant medical oncologist at the Cancer Centre, Dr. Wong Sing Wing. Hi, Dr. Wong. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Ernest. Hi. Hi. Um, so last year, a superior court judge in LA said that all coffee sold in California should carry a cancer warning. So tell us, does coffee increase our risk of getting cancer? Well, the potential is there. And the reason is because of this substance called acrylamide in coffee. It comes mm-hmm. about during the grilling and roasting of coffee beans. So because this substance was listed as a possible cancer-causing substance, carcinogen, in California, so the judge gave this judgment and thereafter requires all dealers of coffee in California to label it as such. And of course, everybody got all flustered over that. And months after that, in August, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the U.S. FDA, rubbished the whole thing and said that, no, it is not necessary to put such a label on coffee and it might be potentially misleading. So you have two authorities in the U.S. contradicting each other and that's how the interesting scenario came about. Mm, so does this mean that coffee is safe to drink or we should look at the details and the related behaviours? Well, this question of acrylamide, the U.S. FDA's position is that its cancer-causing potential is largely shown in laboratory mice models and not in human studies. And the human system could be different. And it requires a fairly high level of ingestion of acrylamide. So it would be a little bit premature to conclude that drinking coffee is going to cause cancer. In any case, the FDA quite rightly pointed out acrylamide is actually ubiquitous in our food. Because the substance that converts to acrylamide are proteins, amino acids in food, carbohydrates, sugars in food. And once these food substances are subjected to high heat, roasting, grilling, frying, acrylamide forms. So it's not just in coffee beans. Acrylamide would be in our French fries. Yeah. It will be in our potato chips. It will be everywhere. So FDA's position is, are we going to start labeling everything as potentially carcinogenic? Mm. FDA has got a point. Yeah, so we've got to look at it carefully instead of jumping to conclusions then. And uh, are there related behaviours with drinking coffee? Things like, we understand that some people like to have their coffee with a cigarette or something like that. That's that's, right. that's, that's the thing we've got to be mindful of. Yes, you know, you really hit the nail on the head because WHO actually in 1991 listed coffee as a possible carcinogen. So it may increase the risk of cancer. At a point of time, WHO quoted studies looking at coffee drinking habit and cancer. And specifically, they pointed out that there were studies showing that lung cancer incidence and bladder cancer incidence were increased. And then, therefore, they gave the warning. But subsequently, many more studies exploring this topic were done. And people have noticed that perhaps the data associating coffee with cancer, with lung and bladder cancer, was contaminated by other social habits. 
they noticed that drinkers of coffee, or at least high-volume drinkers of coffee, are exposed more to cigarette smoke. During that era, people have this <laughs> habit, you know, when they sit down to unwind with a cup of coffee, they like a cigarette. Mm. And so people who drink more coffee are exposed to more cigarette smoke. So that contamination could explain why lung cancer and bladder cancer risks were higher because cigarette smoke is a proven carcinogen in those two cancers. Right, so let's be clear about it. WHO's decision in 2016 was to remove coffee from its list of possible carcinogens? That's right, because by then, more studies were done and the link between coffee and cancer was becoming weaker and weaker. In fact, what happened was the pendulum actually swung to the other end. Increasingly, there were more studies showing that coffee might be protective, reducing one's cancer risk. So there were studies done to show that drinkers of coffee have a lower incidence of prostate cancer in men, prostate's organ just below the bladder, and potentially liver cancer or colon cancer. Well, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Health Check on Apple's iTunes or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with the medical director and consultant medical oncologist at the Cancer Centre, Dr. Wong Seng Wing. So Dr. Wong, like uh, you said, there's a protective factor from coffee, right? So does that mean that we can drink as much coffee as we want? Well, not quite. Uh, first of all, the link between coffee and the reduction in cancer risk is not clear because we are still lacking a biological scientific explanation of why it should be protective. And we don't even know what substance or molecule in coffee that may potentially have this protective effect. All we know is that it's probably not caffeine. That's why, so you know, the magic drug, the magic bullet is not caffeine because there are studies looking at decaffeinated coffee and they could still demonstrate the same effect. So it's not a caffeine. We don't know what. And we don't know for certain what is, what is it. But we must bear in mind you know, the other detrimental effects of excessive caffeine intake. We drink too much coffee. Too much, I would put it at more than four cups a day. Yeah, mm. That amount of ca- caffeine, if you exceed that, you could run into other health problems. First of all, you don't sleep well. You have insomnia. Mm-hmm. Some people will have palpitations, as in the heart will start racing. Mm. Yes, they may have tremors of the hands, and they may have nausea. Some people even have incontinence. The bladder becomes unstable. And there are studies to show that women who drink a lot of coffee are more prone to weakening of the bones. We call osteoporosis. Right. So, Dr. Wong, as you mentioned earlier, right, you said that drinking hot beverages may actually not be a good thing. Can you tell us more about that then? Yes. So, when it comes to drinking a piping hot cup of coffee and the potential harm, the harm may not even be coming from the malign coffee bean. It might just be from the temperature of Mm. the beverage. In the very same year, 2016, when the WHO took coffee off the list of possible carcinogen, it was replaced by another factor. It was replaced by the drinking of hot beverages. So it was put on the list by the WHO as a possible carcinogen. And this mm-hmm. time, the cancer that's implicated is not lung or bladder, is the esophagus. The esophagus is the food passage that connects our mouth and throat to the stomach. 
and the drinking of hot beverage over the long haul might cause heat damage to the inner lining of the esophagus, leading eventually to cell transformation and cancer formation. That's mm-hmm. the reason why the WHO put it on. Right. So there's an old wife's tale. I mean, always drink your beverages hot and all that. I mean, a lot of even our drink warmers that you can find easily in retail stores these days, where they sort of keep your water hot even at the minimum of 80 degrees. You're saying that it's bad for us to dispense that and straight away drink it? Yes, it's it's probably a bad idea. Now, one of the largest study that WHO quoted when they put drinking of hot beverages on the list of carcinogens is based on a study done in a province in Iran called Gostan. And this province has the highest incidence of esophageal cancer in the whole world. And the reason is because people in Gostan have a habit of drinking piping hot tea, large volume of it every day. And that led to chronic thermal damage of the inner lining of the esophagus and cancer formation. So it's not true that drinking it while it is hot is good for your health. But the problem is that if you're going to brew coffee or tea, you can't brew it with lukewarm water. So yeah. the water has to be between 80 to 100 degrees. But to drink it immediately thereafter is probably a bad idea. Probably the correct temperature is around about below 65 degrees Celsius. Mm. Of course, nobody's going to stick a thermometer into their <laughs> coffee or tea before, yeah. before they down it. So studies have also shown that after you have brewed your coffee or tea, if you allow it to stand for about four minutes, okay. it will drop to about 65 or below. And there are also studies looking at the incidence of esophageal cancer in people who drink their tea or coffee in less than four minutes after brewing or longer than four minutes after brewing. And they actually can demonstrate a difference in the risk of esophageal cancer. So let it stand. Let it stand for a few minutes. Right. So four minutes is the time. Right. So thanks to our special guest today, the medical director and consultant medical oncologist at the Cancer Centre, Dr. Wong Sing Wing. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check. We hope you like these latest healthy living tips. Do subscribe to Health Check on Apple's iTunes or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. And like us and give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.